welcome to a special Friday night edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore, and it is Friday, March the 27th, 2020. It's just been an extraordinary day of news. This has been one heck of a crazy day. And so I call this a news at nightcap on what I think is a day of news that is all over the place, quite frankly. I mean, all over the place this news has been today. It's been one of the strangest, busiest, wildest news days so far in 2020. And my goodness me, it started out, and this is really going to be a news recap for Friday, because this is one of those days that I think anybody interested in news or in politics has to document. And so I've taken this time to do it on this edition of The Politocrat. Thank you very much for joining me here, listening to this edition. You're going to be treated to a lot of sound today. And I'm sure that if you have been listening to officials in all but maybe four states, you have been staying indoors. And I say that because there are governors in this country, the United States of America, who actually are not putting any restrictions on people going back to work or going out or anything like that. They, it's just maddening. Alabama, you've got a governor there who, of course, just two or three weeks ago, um, did everything to hasten the execution of an innocent man, Nathaniel Nathaniel Woods. Kay Ivey is in her final term in office, so she thinks that now, as a lame duck, she can do anything she wants. And pretty much that is what is happening in Alabama. And she's sending her own constituents to the slaughter as well with this absurd idea that people are going to be allowed to mix and mingle in a week or so. And really not putting any restrictions down on people's movements at all. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Same with a couple of other states. Mississippi, I think, is one of them. You have a a governor in Florida who is absolutely off his rocker, Ron DeSantis. um, Really not doing too much to stop people from moving and mingling. Their beach is still open in Florida. There's no real testing centers in Florida. And by the way, before I really get to everything that started off this wild news day, Can somebody please tell me why it is that only rich and famous people are getting these tests, by and large? Can somebody tell me that? I'm all for rich and famous people being tested for coronavirus. Do not get me wrong. But I am also for nurses getting tested doctors getting tested, carers in general getting tested, and certainly other people on the front lines who are doing the work that without their work, the society would essentially stand still and there'd probably be anarchy in the streets. And I'm referring to grocery store workers I'm referring to 
all kinds of people who are on the front lines. Transportation. I mean, why aren't they being tested? Why aren't the public at large being tested? Well, I know the answer to that. I think there's at least two answers to it. I'm sure you can figure out what those two answers are. And by the way, every time I take a look, the number of cases in the United States, the number of cases in the United States of coronavirus keeps going up and up and up. And today, the 100,000 mark was shattered. The United States of America not only reached the 100,000 mark more than any other country on the planet, but shattered through it. At last time I glanced on the John Hopkins edu website the number of people or the number of cases and it's coronavirus.jhu.edu the number of people I mean this is just I, I'm telling you that a new country has been added in the few minutes that I've been talking to you at the time that I recorded this so now, I guess what I'm going to say is, in the time that, I, every time I talk, and in the time I've been talking to you, there have been 300 more cases of coronavirus here in the United States. 300 more and I've only been talking to you for just under seven minutes. Before I started talking, I had taken a glance at that website that I just gave you the address for. And literally in that time, it has gone up more than 300. We are far ahead of Italy. And I don't want to play any scorecards here at all. But we are way ahead of any other country in the world now. And this is because of Donald Trump. He knew, he knew, and he knew. He knew early and he acted late. In fact, I would say that he hasn't really acted at all. He claims that he put the Defense Production Act into action, but he really didn't. He lied. General Motors has not been told that they should be building ventilators. It's a complete lie. So let me get that important bit of news out of the way. But the first thing in this crazy news day was Boris Johnson announcing this 
Hi folks, I want to bring you up to speed with something that's happening today, which is that I've developed mild symptoms of the coronavirus, that's to say a temperature and a, a persistent cough. And on the advice of the chief medical officer, I've taken a test that has come out positive. So I am working from home, I'm self-isolating, and that's entirely the right thing to do. Uh, but be in no doubt that I can continue, uh, thanks to the wizardry of modern technology, to communicate with all my top team to lead the national fight back against coronavirus. And I want to thank everybody who's involved. I want to thank, of course, above all, our amazing NHS staff. It was very moving last night to join in that national clap uh, for the NHS. But it's not just the NHS, it's our police, our, our social care workers, teachers, everybody who works in schools, the DWP staff, an amazing national effort by the public services, but also by every member of the British public who's volunteering, incredible response, 600,000 people have volunteered to take part in a great national effort to protect people from the consequences of coronavirus. I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody who's working to keep our country going through this epidemic. And we will get through it. And the way we're going to get through it is, of course, by applying the measures that you'll have heard so much about. And the more effectively we all comply with those measures, the faster our country will come through this epidemic and the faster we'll will bounce back. So thank you to everybody who's doing what I'm doing, working from home to stop the spread of the virus from household to household. That's the way we're going to win. We're going to beat it and we're going to beat it together. Stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. Well, obviously, Boris Johnson did not stay at home. Now he is. This, I mean, this is, I mean, anybody can get this virus. And it's so easily, so easily caught. It's just so contagious. So contagious. I mean, every time I think I've got a headache, I start to think I've got it. Every time I cough, which is generally once a day, one, one time. Not a series of coughs, nothing persistent, nothing dry. But even the fact that I'm coughing gets me to thinking, do I have it? I mean, how would I know at this point? There's no tests available. There's no test for you. There's no test for me. There's no test for millions of people who live here in the United States. Whether you have health care or you don't have health care insurance. So that was Boris Johnson. And you know what's also unbelievable? This was from two or three weeks ago. I mean, this to me takes the cake. You will recognize the voice because it is 
once again, Boris Johnson. Uh, well, Victoria, I can tell you that I, 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 I'm shaking hands. Continue. I was at a, I was at a hospital the other night where I think there were a few, there were actually a few coronavirus uh, patients, and I shook hands with everybody. Uh, you'll be pleased to know, and, and I continue to shake hands. And uh, uh, I think it's very important that we, you know, people obviously can make up their own minds. I think that Matt has said that people must make up their own minds, but I think the scientific evidence is. Well, I'll hand over to the, to, to the experts, but, but our, judgment, our judgment is wash. Uh, washing your hands is the crucial thing. Wow. Boris Johnson, that was him three weeks ago. That was at a press briefing about the coronavirus in the UK. And you heard him. He shook hands with coronavirus parent, parents. Yeah, well, he might have. He actually might have done that since he said he was in the hospital. He shook hands with coronavirus patients. Ooh, wow, does that video play very differently now than it did, say, 48 hours ago. Boris Johnson found out uh, early this morning, UK time, about being tested positive. And I just wish him and anybody else who has this virus a speedy recovery. Some people are in much worse situations than others. So the, it's something obviously that is extremely contagious. You've got Prince Charles has got it. Um, Doris Burke, the um, NBA telecaster and commentator and analyst on ESPN, she has it. I mean, this, this is um, a very, very, very contagious Virus. In fact, it's more contagious than, than the flu and arguably as contagious, if not more so than the common cold. I mean, it's, it's probably, it's getting to the point where I'm beginning to think that it is almost as contagious as the common cold. It, it, it may, you know, it's just, it just blows my mind. And it's fucking scary, I must say. It's really scary to me. This virus is deadly. And so many people are being felled by it. They are being felled, absolutely killed by it. Kathy Griffin has been had been sick for a number of days. You know Kathy Griffin. Of course, she's a, a comedian and you know very talented one. I got to see her in in concert um, about a, about two years ago now, two thousand and eighteen, here in San Francisco. And she was as funny as ever. And she's been terrific on Twitter. You can follow her. Um, and her name is spelled as it sounds with a K, not a C for Kathy. And she couldn't even get tested, by the way. So she's the one exception that I've heard of. Someone who's famous. I don't know how rich she is, but I know she's famous. And we all, anyone who's familiar with Kathy Griffin, you know that name. And, and, um, but she apparently couldn't get tested. And she was told that it was due to the CDC's guidelines. So that's something to consider. So Boris Johnson has now got the coronavirus himself. And not only does he have the coronavirus, so too does this man. 
I've been working from home over the last couple of days because everybody who can work from home should work from home. I've also had some mild symptoms of coronavirus uh, and upon medical advice, I was tested and that test has been positive. So I'll be self-isolating here until next Thursday. Fortunately for me, the symptoms so far have been very mild. So I've been able to carry on with the work, driving forward the UK response. And also being able to just say a massive thank you to everybody in the NHS, working social care and right across the board on the response. That's part of UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock. He has been tested positive. So he's under isolation. And not only is he under isolation, the other two health professional officials in Boris Johnson's government are also now, now they don't have coronavirus, but they are now under quarantine. And Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, now he's the one who said just about maybe two or three weeks ago, well, there's herd immunity and under herd immunity, H-E-R-D, herd immunity, as in a herd of animals, under herd immunity, we should we believe that more people should get this virus so that it would be able to have the spread contained so that more people get it and that would be what because you've got more people getting it it wouldn't spread so fast and we could flatten the curve so yeah herd immunity then that idea was absolutely trashed as you could imagine by the british public and now 3 weeks later Chris Whitty is under quarantine. And so is um, one of the other health deputies under quarantine. So today there was a press conference in the UK from Downing Street. And it was, I mean, this is just unreal. And it was, it was hosted by Michael Gove. Because the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, who replaced... Sajid Javid, because Savid Javid, Sajid Javid last month was fired, basically forced out by Boris Johnson out of that job. And the younger Rishi Sunak was put into the job. Now Sunak is also under quarantine. Sunak was literally about six feet away from Boris Johnson last night, meaning Thursday night, when they celebrated the NHS with a round of applause at eight o'clock local time in the UK. So now Sunak is under quarantine. I mean, this is just, you can't make this up. I mean, you just cannot. It's just unbelievable. And there are people on Twitter making fun of Boris Johnson because he has this virus. And I think that's awfully vile. Oh my gosh, do I have more to get through? I have more to get through. And I will be right back. The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy And it's free. Anchor. Marvelous stuff. Marvelous. And I'm so grateful. 
to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with the Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify, and everywhere podcasts can be, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the Politocrat. This is News of the Night. I mean, Friday night, this Friday night, there won't be one quite like it again, probably in a long while. But maybe I'll be proved wrong. Then the news of Italy. It was very sobering news. Italy reported 919 coronavirus deaths in one single day. Thursday, 919 people died in that day, in one day of coronavirus. I just can't get my head around that. It was reported in some areas as 969, but it's not correct. That was an undercount from the previous day's reporting. Look, I'm not in the business of playing the numbers game, although I've already done it twice tonight. But I've decided at least with some of these things, people need to know the enormity of this, and I'm sure they do. And you have to tell people without freaking them out. You can't keep people in the dark about this. This is an extremely serious virus. It is not a bad flu, as someone told me a few weeks ago. This is far worse than a bad, nasty flu. This is deadly. And the flu itself is not inherently deadly. People don't die from the flu. They die from complications from it. Coronavirus is a respiratory disease, which means it attacks the lungs. And you need not have a pre-existing condition to die from it. There was a 21-year-old woman in the UK, in England, who died from coronavirus this week. And I talked about her on an edition of this podcast earlier this week. And she died. And she had no pre-existing condition whatsoever. So this is much more than a bad, nasty flu, you know. I will forever curse the person that said that to me. I really will. So many people have died from this. The influenza does not kill 919 people in one day. Now we had the Spanish flu 102 years ago. But of course, there was no real vaccines back then. And the flu these days tends to kill people who are more, are older because their immune systems are not as strong. But this particular young woman, 21 years old, had a good immune system. She had no pre-existing conditions and she's no longer with us. So that's a real message to people. 
people under the age of 18. There was someone in Los Angeles who was 17. He passed away. And you know what else is so outrageous about, about what happened to him? He died because he didn't have any health insurance. Because in the United States of America, we don't seem to care too much about people unless they can pay money to get treated. And it's just sick. This guy was refused treatment. No, no, you don't have any health insurance. You can't. We can't do anything for you. And he died. That is a death that could have been prevented. And that's why Bernie Sanders talks about Medicare for all. I'll get to Bernie in a few moments. It's just been unreal what's been going on in this news cycle. It's just been amazing. And now Thomas Massey, who did everything he could to try to block something that was going to pass. Thomas Massey, who is a representative in Kentucky, decided that what he would do, instead of going along with a pre-agreed unanimous consent to pass a the, the $2 trillion economic aid package for the coronavirus that had been signed in the Senate and was being negotiated and the House, uh, Senate had passed it and the House now was literally just going to go in and maybe debate, talk about it and then just do a unanimous voice vote and be done, unanimous consent. Thomas Massey, by the way, this unanimous consent was going to be from afar so that people didn't have to even come in. And many of the individuals who were forced to come in were already back in their communities. They had to get on planes and fly back into the house, fly back to D.C. Some of them had been away from D.C. Some of them had been several miles away. No matter where, they had to fly back in, come back in, drive back in to Capitol Hill just so they had to sit there. And listen to Thomas Massey of Kentucky, a Republican, try to slow down the passage of this bill. I mean, this is just disgraceful, quite frankly, from Thomas Massey. I mean, this is disgraceful. I want you to listen to this. It's about a minute long. Here is Thomas Massey, but he couldn't stop what was going to happen. And you listen to this, and it does have a happy ending. Speaker, I came here to make sure our republic doesn't die by unanimous consent in an empty chamber, and I request a recorded vote. A recorded vote is requested. Those favoring a recorded vote will rise and remain standing until counted. An insufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is refused. Mr. Speaker. Is the gentleman recognized? I object on the basis that a quorum is not present and make a point of order that a quorum is not present. The chair will count for a quorum. Counting for a quorum, a quorum is present. The motion is adopted. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. Pursuant to Section 7B of House Resolution 891, the House stands adjourned until 3 p.m. on Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. Now take that, sucker. Thomas Massey, a complete idiot. So much so that you had Trump, of all people, telling 
Massey in a tweet that he should just get the hell out of the Republican Party. Those are my words, although he, it wasn't too different from what Trump tweeted. Trump, of all people, saying that. And I'll get to him in a few minutes as well. And he was saying that he thinks that Massey should just quit the Republican Party. I mean, it was a total disgrace. You had so many Congress people absolutely pissed off at Massey for making them come into the building and, by the way, risk their health. I mean, this social distancing does apply, or this physical distancing, as it's more accurately, I'd more accurately put it, does apply to Congress people as well. Even though some of them routinely violate that particular thing that they say, oh, yeah, social distancing, but then they stand around in clusters. And you've already had a situation where you've had at least four senators under quarantine, make that six. And you've had at least one U.S. senator test positive, Rand Paul. So really not the thing to be doing, clustering around or even coming in to a building when you've got multiple people around. This is how this virus spreads. So this Republican congressman had this bright idea to say, no, I'm going to object to the unanimous consent for a voice vote in absentia, which meant that what they would have done is they would have deliberately registered a vote from afar without having to come in physically. But this guy objected, so he had to come in and everyone had to come in to hear the, the objection and go through the protocol. It was just an absolute waste of time because the bill was going to pass. The bill was going to pass. It was a unanimous, I mean, it was going to pass. It was just absolutely outrageous. Pete King, who, of course, is the Republican who will not be serving again in Congress after January of next year, was fuming on Twitter. So was John Kerry, the Secretary of State, former Secretary of State under President Obama. I mean, John Kerry was not hearing it. I mean, he ends up... Uh, you know, cursing out Thomas Mackey, calling him an asshole on Twitter. That's right, John Kerry. If only he had run his 2004 campaign with that kind of passion and vigor and fire and brimstone. But 16 years later, I guess, better late than never. Welcome back to The Politocrat. And on this News Night Friday, just nonsense again from Thomas Massey. Here's an interview with Massey. I mean, this is just so crazy. After the bill was passed, 
Listen to this clown, because that's exactly how he sounds. Speak in a four-hour debate. There's a big cover-up in there. Um, cover-up, sir. Well, they're trying to cover up their votes. They had enough people there to pass the bill, but they still refused to have a recorded vote. And they told me they were trying to protect members. No, no, they're trying to protect the members who are there from political ramifications. There are both sides of the chamber, your side as well as the Democrats, as well as the White House. They said that they didn't want you to do this. Why press forward into the bill that everybody agrees should be passed? Like I said in there, I came here this week to make sure our republic doesn't die in an empty chamber by unanimous consent. These people need to do their jobs. If they're telling people to drive a truck, if they're telling people to bag groceries and grow their food, then by by golly, they can be in there and they can vote. And that's what and that's what we did this week. They came and you can see it didn't delay the vote any. They sat on their cans yesterday here. They didn't do a thing yesterday. They were trying to say this would delay it to have a recorded vote. The truth, if you're willing to report it, is they don't want a recorded vote. They don't want to be on record of making the biggest mistake in history. I'm at least second rate. I think you're more on the order of jackass. I mean, this guy takes this like it's a joke. The biggest mistake in history? Is that what he said? I really want to tune him out. He's from Kentucky and he looks like Rand Paul. Rand Paul's in Kentucky as well. He's a senator from Kentucky. The two of them look very much alike. Even right down to the hairdo. Horrible perms, both of them. God, can you get a better permanent than that? What a disgrace. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here's what John Kerry had to say on Twitter. Breaking news. Congressman Massey has tested positive for being an asshole. He must be quarantined to prevent the spread of his massive stupidity. <laughs> He's given new meaning to the term hashtag masshole. Finally, something the president and I can agree on. <laughs> That's John Kerry, who embedded a tweet from Trump, who actually was talking about Massey being a third-rate grandstander. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Jeez. I mean, does the news get any stranger than this? Believe it or not, it does. Here is Joe Biden from... And you know I've talked about Joe Biden and the allegations of rape that Tara Reid made against him. And I think they're very credible. I believe her 100%. And with that in mind, and, and I'm not going to go through again the very painful things that happened to her in specific, but this is painful to listen to. Not nearly as painful, um, obviously, as what happened, not even close to what happened to Tara Reid. But here's Joe Biden during the time that he was vice president. I don't know what year it was. This clip circulated around Twitter today. Listen to this. Speak to audiences over the years, particularly I'd go to men's audiences and they'd say, why doesn't she just say something? And I'd point out, you know, when you were a kid, you were the bully in the schoolyard and took your lunch money and had you down. What'd your father and mother tell you? Tell him what my mother told you. Just smack him in the nose. How many of you tough guys had the nerve to smack him in the nose? How many of you did? 
And if God forbid you walked out and somebody patted you in the rear end, your boss, or said something to you, how many of you would go report it? And the line I always use is, how many of you men in here saw the movie Deliverance? I know what scene you remembered, right? How many of you would walk out of the woods and report, I've been raped? Most men say, I'd go home and get my gun and I'd come back and I'd take care of it. Give me a break. You know, and I've... Yeah, I let that play again. I was going to let that play again, but boy, that was uncomfortable to listen to as well. Especially knowing what we know about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, my goodness me. It's as if this guy is living vicariously through the evils that he has perpetrated against women over the years. Anita Hill, we know what he did to block Anita Hill's witnesses back in 1991. Two years after that, in my view, I believe he raped Tara Reid, as she has alleged and she has said. And he did. And I think around that time, either 91, 92, 93, 94, whenever it was, he authored the Violence Against Women Act. And I hate the way that term is used. It's not the Violence Against Women Act. It should be the Anti-Violence Against Women Act. But again, maybe some people will think that I'm being too semantical. Whoa, Joe Biden, we're not done with you, Joe, because I'm going to skip ahead. And there was some other news. Donald Trump signed the uh, coronavirus aid package and surrounded only by Republicans. As some of the Republicans were talking about a bipartisan effort. Oh, we have bipartisanship. But the only people standing immediately around him were Republican white men. That's, that's the spirit of bipartisanship that was mentioned today at that signing ceremony. And Boris Johnson spent more time talking about leaders from other countries, really, than he did almost about his bill. And he lied at the same time. Well, what else is new? I hate to even say what else is new with Trump. I'm going to skip past all of that. And after he signed the legislation and talked about, well, I can't shake the hands of, of the people around me. And there's no social distancing there when they're all crowded around him. And Fauci's in the room as well. Or oh, Anthony will get upset with me if I shake hands with them. And then he did something slightly less worse than that. He gave them all pens that he had touched. Really, really smart. Really smart. Yeah, right. For all we know, this guy probably has coronavirus. He says he tested negative. But do you really believe what he said? Anything he says? Of course not. And then Dr. Deborah Burke seems to have crossed over to the quote-unquote dark side as she told, uh, I think, Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN News, that though Trump is so attentive to the scientific literature and the details and the data, I mean, I have to say that Dr. Deborah Burks now has officially crossed over and has decided to cast in her lot with Donald Trump and his lies and his dictatorship. And she has now officially installed herself as a yes woman. So I'm not even going to play that. But I do want to get back to you, Joe, because Joe Biden. Oh, boy. Bernie had a, had a, a town hall, a, a virtual conversation, live stream conversation with three medical professionals. I thought that went very well for him. But this did not go very well at all for Joe Biden in what I thought was a pretty poor town hall for him. Getting softball 
questions that he still managed to mangle. Here is Joe Biden and the close of his time with Anderson Cooper on CNN tonight. My goodness me, what on earth was this? Listen to this, folks. Listen to this. My deceased wife, I was not able to do that. I was not able not able to be there. And it makes a gigantic difference for people. And seek help. Seek help afterwards. Seek help to talk to people who've been through it. So they know, they know, they can tell you that you can get through it. You really can. It's possible. But boy, it is so, so, so hard. And that's one of the cruelest, cruelest things that's happening. A very good friend of ours is, her mom's in a nursing home in, in, uh, in, in, in Boston. She showed us pictures. She sits outside of the room, sits outside the room in a chair, outside the window, and just puts her hand in the window so her mom can touch, touch her hand in the window. It's, it's just, this is the human connection is so, so profoundly important. And uh, when you don't have it, you got to get help. And by the way, well, it's not going to get my phone. But anyway, those who've been through that, I, uh, you can contact my campaign. I'm happy to try to talk to you. Yeah. Not that I'm an expert, but just haven't been there. I just, I'm so sorry for you. Not that I'm an expert. Joe Biden is really, Joe Biden is doing himself very poorly. First of all, he talks about his wife that was killed in a motoring, a motoring accident, automobile accident, along with his daughter. And he does make a thing about repeatedly talking about this. Now, for some people, this is, they will like the idea that he brings this up and talks about it a lot. Because on the one hand, you might argue that, oh, you know, um, it's healthy to talk about these things, especially for men to talk about these things openly and not be, not hold it in. But on the other hand, some people, and I'm in, in the second category, would say that it's downright ghoulish to keep bringing up the fact that your wife and your child were killed in an automobile accident or any kind of thing. It's, it's like a really bad punchline that Joe Biden brings up repeatedly. I've heard it in debates. I've heard it in interviews. I've heard it in town halls. I've heard it in this. I just played it to you. And I, I got to admit, for me, I'm uncomfortable listening to him when he says this. It feels very exploitative to me. Now, for you, it may be entirely different. But to me, it seems very exploitive in an effort to curry sympathy. That's how it feels to me. That's just me. But that's not what I'm critiquing him on. I'm not critiquing him about his tragedies or his losses because that is painful. And if that's the way he deals with it, then he has a right to deal with it the way he sees fit. I'm just talking about how it sounds to me and how I feel when I hear it from him. But that's not the issue. The issue is when he says that, well, when he 
talks about the pain he's gone through. Then he's about to give out his phone number. And then he goes, well, I'm not going to give up my phone number. He stops himself. Then he says he'd like to talk to those who've gone through the things, who've gone through loss. And then he encourages people to call his campaign. And he said he'd like to talk to those individuals who call. And then he says, not that I'm an expert or anything. Which is it, Joe? Which is it? And at the risk of sounding like a complete jerk here, you are an expert, very sadly. Sad to say, it's horrible what you went through. You've lost a number of family members, at least three of them, four, maybe five. I mean, he's lost a load of family members. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly very sorry to hear that he has. He's suffered a lot of loss on a very personal, deep level. What I'm getting at is he says that he's not an expert but after he says that he wants to talk to people. Well, I think it's pretty clear that you are an expert, sadly, because you've just talked, and I didn't even play you the whole video. You've just talked, the whole audio. You didn't, you've just talked for the better part of a minute and a half about losing your father, losing your mother, which I didn't play, losing your, you know, excuse me, you losing your father, his mother, his mother has passed, his, his, his sister's still here, but his mother and father have passed, Losing your mother and father, losing your, your first wife, losing your daughter, and losing your son, Bo Biden, of course, from a few years ago. And then you say you're not an expert. Well, sadly, you are. And this is after you say that you can talk to me. I, and it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's jumbled. And I just didn't get confidence. When I watched that town hall tonight, it was the virtual town hall where he got mostly softball questions and thought that his health care plan would be better, of course, he thought, than Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All, which it would not be. And it's so interesting that Anderson Cooper didn't even mention Bernie Sanders' name, which is just comical. But there you go. By the way, Anderson Cooper has been awfully nice to Bernie Sanders over the last few weeks. Since Bernie started to take a nosedive, <laughs> in these uh, primaries. He noticed, if you watch CNN, and I don't watch CNN that often, but I have peeked at it a bit more in the last few weeks, but I've noticed on three different occasions that Anderson Cooper has had Bernie Sanders on since, since that 60 Minutes debacle, the 60 Minutes hack job that Anderson Cooper and co at 60 Minutes did on Bernie. Since then, he's been awfully nice to Bernie. And he, I know he's heard from people, myself included, and many others, about how he's treated Bernie Sanders, especially in that 60 Minutes thing. So very, very interesting. And it might just be also because Joe Biden now has a fairly commanding lead. Some, what, three, 350, 350 delegates or so lead over Bernie. That might have just a little bit to do with it. But Joe Biden cannot help himself. Joe Biden cannot help himself. And I hope that Bernie Sanders gets to have one of these town halls. I mean, if, if, uh, if, 
if CNN is worth their salt, and I'm not going to say an affirmative yes to that whatsoever, but if they are worth anything, they will also give Bernie Sanders a chance to be uh, in the same position. And I think they should, because my goodness me, if they did, you would see a much more assured, commanding person sitting there and answering questions. But, I mean, Biden looked like he was lost. He looked a little bit off the pace. He looked shaky. He didn't look as if he was sharp. You could hear him lapsing. You could see him lapsing. There's no question that Joe Biden, and we all get older and we're not as uh, sharp as we once were. Although Nancy Pelosi, who turned 8-0, the big 8-0, just a day or two ago, I think it was Thursday, I think it was Thursday, is as sharp as a tack. Bernie Sanders, 78, he'll be 79 coming up in September. He is as sharp as a tack. I mean, these folks are still very, I say still, but they are very, very sharp-minded. So there's a big contrast. And the notion that the DNC would be pushing a candidate who is really spinning his wheels and some days is much better than he is in others. I mean, it's clear that there's things going on with Joe Biden. And we'll see what happens. We'll follow it. We'll see. Um, this is going to be a very interesting time. And then Joe Biden's campaign yesterday said that they weren't interested in having any debates. And Joe Biden himself said, I'm not interested in having any debates. We're through with that. Really? One debate? Really? I don't think so. I think the American public would like to hear a little bit more than just one debate. There should be at least three debates between these two candidates. And there's not going to be a primary for almost two more weeks. And we need to hear from both of these, these guys. Head to head again. We need to hear from them. Again, especially now that this pandemic has really hit the US now. The last time they debated a couple of weeks ago, which is the first time they debated head to head, the pandemic was just beginning to get started here in the US. It was just, it was just beginning. We were still, I think, localized to Washington, California, and New York. That was pretty much where the heartbeats of this virus were. Now it's all over the country. New York, Florida now is getting lots and lots of cases. Michigan is getting thousands of cases now. You've got all of these places. Louisiana, it's incredible how many cases are there now. This is spreading all over the country. Thanks to Trump and his incompetence. Not even incompetence. This is willful. My view is that this whole thing was willful. He knew about this in December. He was briefed on it in December by the Chinese government. In January, he was given intelligence briefings by U.S. intelligence agencies. He was also, in February, given those briefings. He was offered tests in, test kits in January by the WHO. He refused them, didn't want to pay for them at cost. And we're going to get some American can-do get his billionaire buddies to, to uh, get some stock opportunities there so they can build up their portfolios and build up his and then give him some of that money. And, you know, at the same time of all this, you had senators, one Democratic senator and at least four Republican senators cashing in, buying stock, excuse me, selling stock 
I mean, it was disgusting, making millions of dollars. And nothing, and you're hearing nothing about it. There's no more talk about that now. That's all out the window. No talk of an investigation, no talk of anything. Is there going to be an investigation in the Senate? I doubt it because it's Republican controlled. It's just despicable. It really is. Donald Trump is to blame, folks. He is to blame. There's no question about it. He is to blame here. You know that song from uh, Howard Jones, the UK singer, pop singer from back in the 80s? Did songs like Like to Get to Know You Well and Jake and... uh, I think it was, um, well, there's, no, there's loads of his uh, um, human being, I guess, or whatever. There's a load of songs that Howard Jones has done. And it's funny because my mind's going blank. He did a song called, and now I'm going blank again. I mean, he did say he's done so many songs. One of them was called No One Ever Is To Blame. Well, that does not apply to Donald Trump. He is to blame here, squarely to blame. And this wasn't just, this wasn't incompetence. This was willful. This was willful. Let's not give this guy any credit, calling him incompetent. This guy does not care. And when you've got his press guy, Dan Scavino, tweeting out a picture of Trump playing a violin, with a smiling face and the meme caption basically saying no one's prepared for what's coming and no one can stop it. Well, I think that's a guy that's fucking willful and malicious. That's what I think. And so that's just the way I feel about it. And end of story. Since Donald Trump talks about how he has a feeling that things are going to turn around, he has a feeling that the cases will go from 15 to zero. He has a feeling that New York does not need 40,000 or 30,000 ventilators. Then maybe uh, I can tell him where to go with that garbage. It's so interesting that Joe Biden can say that his plan is better than Medicare for all. Medicare for all means that the government pays for all the health care in the entire country. Your taxes will go up, but the government pays all of your health care. How the heck could anything be better than that? And Joe Biden got up there and lied tonight and said, oh, yes, my plan's better. And it actually isn't. If you study Joe Biden's plan, there's at least 10 million people that would remain uninsured. But, you know, those facts are inconvenient for Joe Biden. You know, there's a lot on Joe Biden's plate. And, you know, his uh, press person, his press spokesperson today said, oh, you know, these allegations that Tara Reid makes, it, uh, you know, they're not true. They're false. They're false. You know, she didn't say, his spokesperson did not say that they didn't happen. She just said that Tara Reid's allegations are false. I mean, yes, of course, she's generically implying that they didn't happen. But she didn't say it didn't happen, at least not in the statement that I read. So 
this is not going to be the end of this. I have a feeling that the media is going to start raising questions about it. But the question is, when will they raise questions about it? Will it be when Biden becomes the nominee? Because let's face it, and I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter, but Joe Biden is going to become the nominee. And I'll tell you why he will. A, Bernie is not going to win 65 to 70% of every one of these next states, which he really will have to do to get the nomination, number one. Number two, the superdelegates, if indeed it is close and it becomes to a position where neither of them gets to 1,991 delegates, the superdelegates will, will, will rule for Biden. We know that. There's only nine of them who will, will rule for Bernie. So there's no question about it unless there's some incredible thing that happens or Bernie really does go and run the table and do so with huge margins of something like 70% of the vote in every single state. Unless all that happens, Biden's going to be the nominee. So that's the reality. But this is so ridiculous that Biden thinks that his plan is better. And Bernie tweets out a tweet that, again, about the 17-year-old kid who died from coronavirus. He didn't have health care. And if he had, had, if he had been using Biden's health care plan, he also wouldn't have been able to make it through. There was so much equivocation tonight in that little town hall. Hopefully Bernie will get his chance on it very soon. And, and I want to see another debate. And the DNC has got to give another debate. The people are owed it. You know, we've had a million debates of 20 people on the stage. You can have a debate again with two people on the stage. Trust me on that. Tom Perez, stop messing around. Make sure there's a second debate. There's not going to be primaries for two more weeks. These two guys can have another debate in the interim. Please. I mean, we are all coronavirus out and we have no choice because we have to stay indoors. Those of us who are fortunate enough to have a roof overhead and not an abuser in our homes. So, I mean, that's the real harsh fact. And I do think the media is going to start to bring this up. And we're already seeing Yahoo talk about it online Yahoo.com, there's a story about this with Biden and the allegations made by Tara Reid. We're seeing Democracy Now! Of course, Democracy Now! will do this, a progressive media outlet. Democracy Now!, Amy Goodman, democracynow.org, did a report on this also yesterday, did a report on this yesterday, Thursday, and had a, a small headline segment on it, but it was mentioned, these allegations by Tara Reid. Vox. V-O-X, Vox.com, did a story on this as well. I think it was today. So there are outlets now. Vox is still, I mean, it's still a pretty substantial outfit. It's not CNN, but there are online publications that are beginning to write about this. And I think that if that keeps going, and I see no reason why it wouldn't, um, because we do need a break from coronavirus. I mean, although we really can't get one. But I, I think that, that there will be some more media outlets perhaps over the weekend that may talk about this. Over the weekend. But these cases and these numbers keep rising. And this has been the Friday night news night edition 
of the politocrat. And I hope that you enjoyed, consumed, and considered what you heard tonight. I'm Omar Moore, and this has been The Politocrat.